Hello everyone and welcome back to the Building Brum Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Nolan, and today I'm going to be talking with Simon Delahunty Forrest, Acting Assistant Director of Planning and Development for Birmingham City Council. We're going to be discussing the vision behind the next 20 years of development across Birmingham, outlined this year with the announcement of the Future City Plan. We're going to look back at the Big City Plan and explore the changes and differences in direction between the 2010 Big City Plan and the 2021 Future City Plan looking at what it means for the region, its residents, and the shifting gear to push Birmingham even further ahead on the world stage when it comes to regeneration and development. With the city undergoing huge changes with the rise of tall buildings, HS2 and the Commonwealth Games, let's take a look behind the future city plan and find out more from one of its key architects behind it. I'd like to thank our Building Brum series supporters, Reality Capture and Point Cloud modelling specialists, Scantech Digital and Solus, one of the UK's leading suppliers for commercial flooring and wall tiles. If you'd like to find out more about the Future City plan after today's show, you can head to our Building Brum website for more info. Hi Simon, thank you very much for joining me today on the Building Brum podcast, how are you doing? I'm not too bad. Thank you, Connor. Uh, thank you very much for the invite. Um, looking very much forward to it. Uh, a different way of talking about our future city plan. And, and it's a lovely day. The sun's beaming through. You can see the, the you know, it's shining down on me and I can see it out the back of your window there. Yeah. So happy days. Happy days. Indeed. It's good to, um, yeah, it's good to see that spring is finally coming. The, um, but now that you've been uh, incredibly busy the past couple well, since since the start of the year, really, with the release of the Future City Plan. And what I wanted to know, because this the Future City Plan, I, I see it as almost it's a sequel, really, to the Big City Plan. And as a sequel, it's building on the successes of the past 10 years from the Big City Plan. I want to know how, how you look back at those, those past 10 years and where you see the Big City Plans really excelled and 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 delivered on on the vision that it set out and also where maybe it hasn't been as successful as as was initially hoped how do how do you reflect on this big city plan yeah i mean it's um it's always important to reflect on what you've done in the past and i was very much uh, involved with um, the big city plan you know as we know it was driven by wahid nazaya uh under his tennis uh, tenorship uh, with Birmingham City Council and um, you know and it did exactly what it said on the tin you know it was about that 10-year vision you know 2010 to 2020 um, you know it had the um, you know the five areas of transformation um, and you know it was a great success you know uh, on that you know with um, High Speed 2, Grand Central, Paradise etc you know so it did exactly what it needed to do and it set that confidence in the city you know, it really set that bar high where the city needed to be, you know, and it's important for cities to have a vision. It was always important that Birmingham had that vision. You know, we talk about the big city plan, but there's the hybrid initiative in 88 that really talked about breaking down, you know, the concrete cut collar, looking at the different quarters. And, you know, the big city plan built on that with the five areas of transformation. So fantastic success, you know, and, uh, and you're right. Our future city uh, plan, which is the brand of what we're now calling everything, um, is, you know, the vision for 2040, you know, with Central Birmingham 2040. Um, I think on reflection on, you know, and, and it's always a, it's a point of time, isn't it? And it's always 
great in hindsight what things you could do better and what you've learned from. And with, with you know, Central Birmingham 2040, what we're looking to do is go beyond that ring road, that I-38. We're actually reaching out. Whereas at the time of the big city plan, it was really about that focus of the city centre, driving that city core, providing that opportunity, that confidence in the city and that investment. And, you know, and, and you only have to, you know, well, when we get back to it, back to our great city, <laughs> you, you know, you can see that that investment there that's, you know, that for us to all to see and benefit from. And so do you see that that kind of that growth outside of the city centre with with the future city plan where you're building on on the on on the current areas which have, have been successful, the paradises, the areas that really helped to shape and and change the skyline of the city. Is this the the, the change in direction from that from that big city plan from Wahid's tenure to the new city vision plan? Is that is that change in direction about kind of kind of opening up the city and making it much more is the word accessible to all the areas and the neighborhoods all around all around Birmingham because it, as a local authority it's, it's huge it's what, what do they say it's, it's the biggest in it, it, it is the it's, it's biggest outside of London isn't it yeah it, you know it's um, you know Birmingham City Council you know lives by its motto forward you know, it's always been about a city that is always going forward uh, in whatever form that was in terms of the industrial revolution, you know, to, you know, uh, hybrid, to, you know, the big city plan and where we are today, you know. And, and you know, and the coat of arms is very symbolic and really close to my heart. And the fact that it says forward and we will go forward in such talent, challenging times we're finding ourselves in at the moment. But, you know, that engineer and that artist, you know, that, that coat of arms, you know, is really part of our DNA, you know, and, and, I really believe there's that been that that thread throughout all the work that we have done, you know, yeah. with the big city plan, it was setting that vision. You had to start somewhere for us then to carry on, you know, and what's been interesting through the, the consultation at the moment, Connie, is that people are saying, this is great. It's ambitious. You're going beyond that ring road. Are you going to go further? You know, we want we want you to go even further than what you're doing at the moment, which is, you know, really refreshing, you know. And, um, you know, we, we the phrase I've been saying and, and others have used it before, I'm sure, in many, many different ways, is about spreading that jam, spreading that opportunity from what the city centre has created and spreading it out to them areas to really benefit from the city centre, you know, and all the good things that go on in that city centre going forward. So it's just that next evolution. And I always see the city centre as being the town, you know, when I grew up in Birmingham, it was always the town. You go into the town, you know, out for a beer or whatever, you know, it's about that. And then around the town, you've got the villages, you know, you've got the, the Moses, you've got the small heaths, you've got East Birmingham. They're, they're all within stone's throwing distance, you know, or 10 minutes, you know, bus journey into the city centre. So the ambition for this plan is about spreading out that opportunity, you know, and the leader launched this, you know, just under four weeks ago under the banner, shaping our city together, because we want to collaborate. What we want to do is not not go away and lock ourselves in a room yet. We want to talk to everybody that's got a say in our city, for, if that be investors, developers, to, you know, mums and dads and school kids and churches and health facilities. We want people to have their say in how they see their city in the next 20 years, Connor. Well, it, it's that when I was when I was looking at the, the future city plan, you talk about creating um resourceful and resilient neighborhoods and is that 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 economic driver for with the developments kind of spreading out and with investment going 
through the would it be the certain growth corridors into out, out of the city centre to create those resilient neighbourhoods. That in itself that, that's incredibly ambitious, but also it, it absolutely the next the next step forward to create in a, a stronger city and a stronger region because it's not just the areas out directly outside of Birmingham it's you also consider the, the, the Warsaws the Wolverhamptons the Coventries it's also interconnected I mean that how does how does that how does how, how do you see that playing a role with with say the Coventries because if you look at the Coventry City of Culture and how closely aligned their bid was to the fact that it such a had such strong ties with Birmingham already in that way demonstrated great connectivity within the region and what you're what you're what you're outlining is that kind of that next stage and really making a, a much stronger region it, it, it is and you've hit the, the nail on the head there it is about making the region stronger it, it is about that you know and we, we've got to start somewhere and Birmingham always leads by example and takes that step you know we took that step now by launching the plan into you know in, in such uncertain times you know all right you know we've got a now a plan for moving out of lockdown but it, it you, you need that plan you need that conviction about how you're actually going to grow the city create them opportunities uh for jobs good public transport uh good education facilities and good quality homes and this is the next part of that journey where we do spread out and we will spread out further you know there's a conversation to be had with the combined authority about how do we reach out to them areas like you said to Coventry and Warsaw etc how do we start linking that network up to make this region more powerful than what it you know what it is at this moment in time so that's the ambition you know we won't just stop at that point there we have to look beyond it you know if we're looking about how we connect up um, you know um, Edgebaston say to the city centre in terms of good public transport how do you then go further on out there how do you then connect out to them other areas that you know are, with, are beyond them fringes you know, they're not within that touching distance. So that's the blueprint for going forward on that, Connor. Brilliant. I mean, um, with those those key goals that you, you kind of set out in this with, with the Future City Plan, you, you look at the, like I said before, creating resilient communities, but then also um, creating an integrated central Birmingham, looking at supporting that resi development and and the increasing housing across across the city and across the region. But then also um, promoting mixed use mixed use developments, and I think that that aspect of promoting mixed use developments is really it's it's so it's so important now that that new developments have that multi-purpose uses because of how how much say society's changed in the past twelve months is just a reflection on that. It, it's that it's that new way forward now. And when when you talk about mixed use developments. What does that mean to you in terms of both, yeah, both in in the city and 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 further afield? What what do you look for when it comes to mixed use? In, you know, in in terms of you know the the, the mixed use uh, agenda, you know, it's it's about that concept we've been promoting through the uh, the plan as it stands at the moment. You know, that fifteen neighbourhood concept. You know, how 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 can you reinforce these um, uh, local uh, centres? Uh, how do you create that infrastructure around these centres in terms of good schools, uh, good access to jobs, etc., good access to uh, good public open space that feels safe, that's overlooked, that promotes walking and cycling, and, you know, and hits that health and wellbeing agenda there. So that's, that, that's in, in my mind's eye, that sort of sense of mixed use 
uh, on there and how we how we move that out and how it's connected up because these villages will be supported by the city centre and vice versa. You know, we've seen over the last 12 months, you know, that renaissance in people using their local centres more, you know, because we haven't been coming into the city centres. How do we capitalise on that and sustain that but build that back into the city centre to get that city centre, you know, back to where it belongs. Because when we looked at this, you know, uh, 12 months ago, before COVID even hit, we all knew retail was, you know, on its knees, you know, and it was about how, how are we going to reposition the city centre? Now, how do we make it more sustainable? Well, one, it's about bringing living back into the city centre. And, and that's about a mixed tenure. Uh, kind of, it's not just about multi-story towers and building, you know, uh, towers and skyscrapers. It's about that mixed tenure. You know, you've got Highgate that's just on the doorstep of uh, the, you know, the city centre. Five minutes walk into the city centre. How do you maximise uh, uh, that opportunity? How do you meet the housing demand crisis? And how do you promote that d density without going into tall buildings? There's a place for tall buildings, but there's a place also for family housing as well, traditional family housing. And we've got to build it a lot quicker, we've got to build it a lot better and a, and, a, and a lot more quality because Birmingham suffers, you know, and it's really, really breaks your heart when you talk about these things and you learn about these things, you know, in terms of like fuel poverty, you know, the good people of Birmingham, there's a percentage of people of Birmingham that, you know, have to make a decision about either feeding their kids or putting the heating on, you know, and, and, and in these times, you know, that, that's really challenging you know, uh, to, to, to know that that's going on, you know, so we need to provide them platforms for people to get on that housing ladder, get that good quality ha uh, homes, but also that infrastructure around them to allow that to happen, you know, and for me, what, what's really interesting, uh, and, I've, and I've learned this on that journey, and sort of probably reflects on my journey um, working for Birmingham, is that, you know, we, we go around a lot of the schools that are on the fringes, and you talk to the kids about the opportunity in the built environment in terms of jobs, you know, brick laying or architect or planner, whatever, but what's, what was really powerful and sort of quite shocking was that a lot of the kids said, well, the city centre has no reference to me, no relationship, you know, we, we don't even go in the city centre and even their parents haven't been in the city centre, you know, and that's quite a stark statement, you know, and we have to reposition that and make Birmingham, you know, for everybody that's fair, you know, that's equitable, that's greener, that's safer and that's affordable. That That's the challenge here that we need to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with, with, with that point in there, with making it greener, I think and kind of much more that link to greener cities and that link to being and, and people's mental health. And I think what I, what I want to know, because the city vision with, with the images that you've released and kind of that vision you've got for the next 20 years, there is a lot of greenery in the city and that that's really kind of underpins that vision plan with that, that, that route to zero initiative and it kind of it all it all works together. What are the key ingredients to achieving that that level of greenery? Well, how do you? Because it, it's so it it it, uh, I'd, it's such an ambitious task, and I, I don't don't expect you to say, "Oh, kind of, we're going to do it like this," because I can, I can only imagine it's going to be such a work in progress. Because not just Birmingham, but so many cities around the world must be looking at this way to kind of how to bring the greenery back into the city centre, how to, how to start taking the carb, the, the carbon out of decarbonize the city itself. So yeah. How, how, how do you, what are the ingredients to making this happen? Do you think? Um, 
positive light in, in that it's an agent for change you know it's made us all think very differently about how we want to live and how we want to work you know and uh, and that's going to be a really interesting journey we go on for the next you know you know short to medium term you know uh, going forward because not, not, things are not going to go back to normal overnight but we're in a position to learn from what we've experienced and how we sort of reposition that to the place we want to create in Birmingham and we've really set that that bar out you know as you know Birmingham's you know um uh, uh, has made that statement about the climate crisis, you know, and our vision for 2030 in terms of uh, carbon neutral. And our future city plan in, in all what we do, not just our central Birmingham document, but that's at our forefront now. And it's got to be more than just words and a tokenistic piece of sort of, you know, uh, a words or a nice CGI and graphic on that. You know, and, uh, and my, my view when I was talking about this with, with, with the, the, the leader and uh, Ian McLeod, the um, uh, acting as strategic directors, that we have to put a line in the sand now with this. We have to be ambitious on that. And it, it, and the difficult bit is, is that delivery piece. You're absolutely right on that. But there's enough examples that are going on around the world at the moment that they've done it. You know, you look you look at Boston and the Boston dig, what they did. All right, it cost millions to do it. But then you look at a smaller scale city in the States like Lancaster, where they invested $11.5 million transforming part of their highway network into green streets that the return's been 230 million dollars you know into, oh, no. you know but you have to have a carrot with it kind of you can't just turn that black tarmac into a green sway of you know undulating hills and meadows and all that there's got to be a carrot along with that what we've, what we've been talking about at the moment for the conversation what is that carrot what is that vehicle of delivery that what is them opportunity along them corridors uh, such as the Birmingham Greenway as we said the I-38 the Ring Road uh, you know to turn that into elements of green infrastructure opportunity to build on that infrastructure you know is there opportunities to create jobs on that infrastructure there you know so we, we, we do that in partnership we can't do that just on our own we're going to have to do that in partnership with the private sector to deliver that ambition the private sector are already out there. You know, they're already setting their plans about where they need to be in terms of carbon neutral in the next, uh, you know, ten or so years going forward. On that. And, that, and that's what we need to do. And we're in a position where we can do things differently. You know, we, we've got a massive portfolio, of Birmingham City Council has. And one of the things we're talking about now, and talking to investors and developers and others about, is about how do we use that asset. To actually generate these schemes, you know, rather than sell it to the highest bidder, you know, what? How can we sweat that asset to generate some cash that we can invest into doing the Birmingham Greenway, you know? And that means going into partnership with developers. You know, I think that's really, really interesting. That 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 partnership aspect of, of joint ventures with developers, because I was chatting with them, um, I was talking with them, um, Trevor Payne from University of Birmingham, and and it's the same that they themselves go looking at joint ventures as well and looking at collaborative developments. And I think it's, it's such a, it's such an interesting aspect of having a local authority making these commercial driven partnership decisions. Um, how do you see that kind of, that, that working out, that being as very much say Birmingham city council hand 
take I'm not going to say any names of any developers but going going together and then developing uh, whether or not it's a, it's a mixed use development and having that 50/50 co-ownership having that that yearly income generating assets to support the city council and then kind of be a, give you the opportunity to put even more back into the city has that been done before in this way um, in the past or are you kind of are you looking at it from it from a completely new angle now and with new ambition you know you know we, 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 we've come on a journey um, uh, Birmingham City Council you know and um, I'm well in Bedded now with uh, Catherine James of you know Birmingham um, Property Services, and Catherine's got that same vision, that same outlook on that, you know, and about how we do things differently. But you know, that, don't get me wrong, you know, that you know we're, we're in a position now as all local authorities uh, within the country where you know there are financial black holes that are going to have to be filled. So some of that will have to go to the market in one form or the other to help fill them black holes. However. You know, we are doing work about, you know, business cases around our asset doing an asset review at the moment about what, you know, exactly what we got. Where is it positioned? Is it strategic? Is it an opportunity for, uh, you know, is it a quick win? You know, can we do something tomorrow or is it something they'll be doing five, 10, 15 years time? And for the work we're doing now with, with the plan is now looking at them opportunities, you know, as we reach out, what we've got in terms of ownership, who are our neighbours? Do we have a conversation with that neighbour? Do, does Birmingham even go out and buy land to actually consolidate what we've already got? You know, that's one of the things that's on the table we're talking about at the moment. And also, do we have to use our CPO powers for that greater good going forward on now? So it, it is very new. It's very radical. It's very different. Part of where we're going with the plan anyway. It's the right time to do it. You know, uh, we, we, we've got everybody lined up, the ducks lined up to do. We've just got to go for that exercise now. And I'm also pushing out to the de uh, development community, saying, you know, this is what we're saying. What's your response? You know, and, and they're coming back to us with their ideas. You know, we've talked to the universities. Uh, they've got a massive portfolio as well. They're looking about mixed use as well, not just educational facilities, you know, about that whole placemaking agenda. So it's all coming together. It's as though the stars are aligning in, in a weird way, kind of. Um, and, you know, and, and, and I've been absolutely clear about this plan as well, that when it is launched, we have to have them delivery mechanisms in it. We can't just have a blue sky thinking document and we think, oh, yeah, wouldn't it be wonderful to do it? We have to have them elements of delivery in there. And some of them might be low hanging fruit. You know, we're, we're in great positions, you know, strategic bit of land like Millennium Point. You know, we, we, we've got an interest in that. It's the front door to Birmingham. You know, yeah. I mean, that building is the important thing. But the building's not fit for purpose. It blocks, you know, that then wider connections. It blocks that opportunity to grow the innovation quarter, the tech quarter, you know, all the ideas that Stephen Knight wants to do around film studio. Take that out, reposition it with that offer and create that place. And, and, it, and it will generate, you know, income. It will generate it. It's the front door. It's the most strategic site in Birmingham. When we sit there and we can really sweat that asset. And through doing that, we then can help you know, places like East Birmingham, you know, they can benefit from that wealth generated there to do projects, you know, build schemes, whatever, you know, to, so everyone gets their equal share of what's going on. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's that rethinking, it's that repurposing of, 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 of the assets. And you're absolutely right with HS2 literally pulling up into where Millennium Point is. That, that, that conversation around, is it, the, is, is it, is that building is it the right use for that building where it is and making the decision to kind of repurpose it up? Yeah. It, it, it's well worth doing. And um, 
I think it's going to have a yeah, massive positive impact in the surrounding area. You're absolutely right. But um, with all of these, with all of these plans and the vision for Birmingham, what are your what are your aspirations for for say the quality of the built environment and and moving forward? Because I know design is so important to yourself and 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 the design panels that that you chair and that you, that you sit on and that you lead. What have what have you what have you learned from 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 your experience on design panels, and what does that tell you for what you want to see in the future when it comes to the built environment? Yeah, you know, it's um, and, I, and I've been saying this to the architectural community uh, as well, and uh, planning consultants. You know, and as you know, kind of I'm an architect anyway as well, um, so I, I wear that hat as well as the planning and development hat as well. And and, and I've been absolutely clear uh, on that. You know that you know through the big city plan, we've got to a point with them areas of the transformation. What we've got to do now is up that game in terms of design quality in architectural buildings we're getting all the urban design right we've been repairing the mistakes of the 60s reconnecting places up you know really good public realm etc on that but what we've got to do is really push that boat out now in terms of architectural quality because you know the climate change agenda demands that as well now you know it's about how we now do our buildings you know what is that space that we provide for them people that are going to live and work in them buildings you know and how does that then reflect in its architecture and i always say you know that when, when i was a student at, at birmingham you know you, you what one of the things you you did is that you you know you were taken off to many of the great cities uh, in europe uh, as well as the states to go and see good architecture you know and birmingham lacks that you know, if I'm being absolutely blunt, you know, what have we got to do to actually get people to come to Birmingham to see architecture as well as the place we're creating and the offer we've got? And that's been my challenge well before we were doing this as well. And and, and people are responding, you know. We, we, we are now seeing different people, you know, uh, 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 on our patch doing stuff, you know, out in Paris building, you know, in uh, Paradise, which is great. Uh, Field and Clegg just uh, winning the other plot there as well, you know, and it, it's really getting that sort of spirit of architectural opportunity in our city and how we celebrate it with that green agenda. And I'm not saying that, you know, we're going to, you know, uh, green walls and, you know, winter gardens and you know trees and balconies everywhere you know it's not about that but we've got to get beyond that world now of just extruding buildings off that footprint and and, and maximizing what we can get in there you know we, we've got to create architecture gives the our city identity and I, I i i get really excited when people either love or hate a piece of architecture because i think if you've done that you've got it right because if you're creating a debate where people either hate it or love it You've done something right there, you know, and we need them sort of pieces in, in the city that get people commenting, you know, on that, you know, to, to come and, and debate. And it's like with public art as well, you know, we, we've really got to push that agenda with our public art. Why can't we have a pedal, you know, where people from all over the world get on a plane to come to Birmingham and go, whoa, what is that? You know, it, and we, we, we just need that ambition and that clarity and that conviction to do it. And that's our intention with the plan going forward, uh, kind of, you know, we will have that conviction to support architects and developers. And I know these things cost, I know that, uh, but, but good architecture should not come at a cost. It shouldn't. Uh, well, I mean, with with that vision for great architecture, great developments, great public arts, can you describe what, what would be a typical street to you 
in Birmingham, say in the next in twenty five years time, if you were walking down Birmingham in twenty five years, what would what would the street look like to you? Yeah, I mean that's a really good question. Um, you know, um, I try and think what tomorrow's going to look like. Let alone, <laughs> uh, you know, f- for me, for this to be a, a success, and you know, and it'd be an interesting question. You know, if Wahid was still here, you know, when he was first doing the big city plan, what was in his head? What Birmingham would look like in ten years' time? For me, I think there's a few maybe aspects about what that street will look like. I, th- I think, I think. I would be satisfied both in my heart and in my mind if I saw school children walking through the city centre going to school. I think that would be, you know, I'd, I'd know I'd, I'd actually succeeded doing something because it's getting people into the city to live, to work and schooling and jobs and all that sort of stuff. So for me to see kids walking to school through the heart of the city centre would be job done. It really would be. But within within that infrastructure of a a green and healthy environment on that. But I think more importantly as well, the green agenda is the the top bit. But I think what Birmingham really sort of lacks on is its cultural opportunity that we've got, its diversity. We don't celebrate it or bang the drum enough, let alone incorporate it in our streets and in our buildings going forward you know because it's easy for me kind of my guys you know uh, you know my colleagues to draw lines on a plan and write a bit of narrative and there you go get on it but you know how how, how does that place become a place for those kids that have, have you know not that long ago wouldn't even get on a bus or walk into the city center that's the challenge it's their ownership of Birmingham because it's their place and because we're so diverse you know, I, I want to see that in our city, both past, present and future. You know, I want them to have their mark, make their their, their place uh, doing that going forward. But that, that would be my ambition. Oh, yeah. And the other one thing, and I know I was bang on about it. I'd like to see one of the metros painted black in honour of Black Sabbath. OK, nice. All right. Great stuff. Well, I think um, I, th- I don't see why that both those things can't be achieved, Simon. 25 years. Get it done. We've got, we got time to make that work. It, it, it can happen. It can happen. The, um, no, really, thank you so much for um, for taking the time to join me today, Simon. Really appreciate you um, sharing um, sharing some insights into um, into the future city plan and yeah, what what, what we've got in st- what you've got in store for the next 20, 20 years of Birmingham. Sounds um, yeah, exciting times, challenging, but definitely it can be done. It, it, it's right, you know. It, it is challenging, and and it, you, you know it can be done we can do it and we can do it together so i've really appreciated this connor you know uh, thanks thanks for inviting me along you know, to uh, vent my spleen and you know about how passionate i am about uh birmingham city you know um uh, as it is you know i've worked for birmingham you know all my working life so it's really important for me to you know to see this through you know to a conclusion so thank Brilliant. you for setting this up and inviting me along not at all not at all take care simon thank you very much cheers connor Subscribe to the Building Brum podcast and join us again, where we'll be chatting with new guests every month. Coming up, we'll be talking with Glenhouse Architects about the modern methods of construction around their port loop scheme with Urban Splash. And also, we're going to be looking at the impact of COVID on city centre living with Glancy Nichols Architects. Thank you once again to our sponsors, Reality Capture and Point Cloud Modelling Specialists, Scantech Digital and Solus 
one of the UK's leading suppliers of commercial flooring and wall tiles. To find out more about our Building Grum partners and sponsors, just visit the Building Grum website. And if you enjoyed today's episode, let us know by leaving a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts. Thanks for listening. Take care, everyone.